0: Well, good morning, everyone. As you can see, I'm recording these words from my office. And if you joined us for our live streaming of worship this morning, you will have noticed that we went blank. I think it was twice. And what we have discovered in the last uh, little while is that uh, the software Vimeo, which is the host site, uh, Vimeo crashed. And we're not the only churches that were affected by it. We have heard from other churches who experienced the very same glitch so terrible timing for for that to happen today. But what I thought I would do this morning is uh, try to recap for you what I attempted to preach today in the sanctuary. And since this is much more informal, I thought what I would invite you to do is hit pause, go grab your Bible, and then turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to look at verses 28 through 30, and we're going to listen to the words of our Lord. Jesus says this today, come to me, All of you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, because I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, this is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, you know, these really are some of the most comforting words you're going to find our Lord speaking in in all of the New Testament. I mean, this great invitation, come to me, all of you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. And so many people today, we are burdened and we need that rest. I first want to point out to you how the disciples, the Jews of the first century, might have heard these words. I mean, think about it for just a moment. Think about this dichotomy. First you have the Lord saying, "Come to me all of you who are carrying heavy burdens, and then I will give you rest." These burdens and the promise of rest. What might that have reminded you of in the first century or maybe even today? I think it's a subtle reference to the Sabbath day, you know, the great day of rest was also the day that the Hebrews uh, in their slavery in Egypt looked forward to that promise of, of rest where God would relieve them of their heavy burdens in their slavery. You know, the day of Sabbath, uh, the seventh day, is in many ways the great climax of the story of creation in Genesis. Uh, all the other days look forward to that great day where the Lord rested and all of creation rested. You might also recall how God created human beings on the sixth day, and that means that the first full day of humanity's existence was then this great day of rest, and right from the very beginning, the Bible is trying to to teach us that God, first of all, created human beings to delight in the things of creation, to luxuriate. In the gift of existence itself. So, this Sabbath day, the seventh day of rest, becomes really central to Israel's identity. I mean, even rabbis in the ancient world and even today have taught that if Jews neglect the observance of the Sabbath, well, then Judaism itself is at the threat of disappearing as well. So, the Sabbath day really is critical, central to Israel. Now, think about all that. And now imagine just how radical these words of Jesus might have sounded to his original audience. Come to me, all of you who are carrying burdens, and I will give you rest. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that he is the Sabbath day in embodied form. He is the climax of creation. He is the center of Israel's identity. And he is the one in whom we will find our rest and our true delight. So Jesus here in this passage, and I always like to point this out, he is putting himself at the same level of the God of creation, the God of Israel, and just like the God of Israel, he is issuing this great invitation. Come to me. Come to me. Throughout the Bible, you see this from Genesis all the way to the end of the Old Testament. God constantly is summoning his people. This invitation, come to me, come to me, come to me, beckoning them and summoning them. And how does humanity more or less respond to this great invitation of God? No. Uh, we will do things ourselves. <laughs> no, thank you, Lord. We, we will take a rain check. And it is a pattern that just sadly recurs so often. Uh, it, it, God speaks to the prophet Isaiah, for instance, and he says to his people, Come and drink of the waters that I have for you. Come and drink milk and eat food without price. God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah in the same way. He says, Come. Come and walk in my ways, and I will give you rest for your souls. That's identical to what Jesus says today. That's Jeremiah chapter 6. And in the very next verse, how do the people respond? They say, we will not walk in your ways. I mean, over and over again, God issues the invitation, and humanity just declines his invitation to find their rest in God. And think about rest right now. Rest here and in the context is, is not reclining. Rest is more like savoring, finding ultimate satisfaction. Nevertheless, God extends this invitation, come to me. And human beings, check no on the RSVP. Instead, what do we do? We say, oh God, we're going to figure this out ourselves. We're going to uh, do this our own way. We're going to find delight uh, through our own strength. We're going to find satisfaction in the things of this world. We will find it in the pleasures of this life and the riches of this life. Or we're going to compete with other people and we're going to climb the ladder of upward mobility and find our satisfaction that way. And what's the result? Well, the result is we are dissatisfied. Nothing in life ever seems to live up to the hype, does it? And it is this letdown. You know, Thomas Merton, one of the great Christian writers of the 20th century, he put it like this. He says, so many people spend their whole lives climbing the ladder of success only to get to the top and realize that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. <laughs> that is so true. Friends, for 2,000 years, the church has taught that we will never find lasting delight in the things of this world, and everybody thinks, even in this world, this life, this generation, that we're going to be the exception, but we never will because God made us this way. You know, I'm thinking about this poem that I came across a few weeks ago by the great poet George Herbert. Maybe you've heard of him. I think he was an Anglican poet. And it was this poem called "The Pulley," like a pulley. You know, after this video, you should go read that poem. It's very brief, but in this poem, George Herbert imagines God making human human beings, and then God then begins to bestow on human beings all of these great gifts, these great treasures. God like takes a treasure chest and pours out on human beings the gift of strength, and then wisdom. And then honor and pleasure and and intelligence, all of these great gifts. But at the very bottom of the treasure chest, there's one gift left. And it was the gift of rest, satisfaction. And God decides to withhold this gift of rest from human beings. Otherwise, the Lord says in the poem, otherwise human beings will rest in things and not in me. They will rest in the things of nature instead of the very God of nature. And then God says in his wisdom, let us keep human beings with this repining restlessness. Let them be rich and yet weary that at least if goodness does not lead them, weariness and restlessness might toss them to my breast. It's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, the poem's point is that God created us to be restless. We cannot find ultimate delight in the things of this world so that we might be drawn to Him. And this morning, our Lord is saying, Come to me, I will give you the rest that you truly seek. And let's think lastly about this uh, final image the Lord gives, this image of the yoke. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Now the yoke in the ancient world, and even today, you can imagine it. It was uh, often a piece of wood that was placed upon the the shoulders of oxen and various beasts so that they would perform uh, the work on behalf of the farmer or the plowman. And Jesus wants to place a yoke upon us. Now, we who are living in the 21st century, we can find this image of a yoke, you know, to be an oppressive image. But how does the Lord describe his yoke? He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's the Lord saying? Jesus is saying that all of us are going to be yoked to something in this life. He's comparing his yoke to all the other yokes in this world. There is no such thing, the Lord is saying, as an unyoked life, a life that is absolutely free as we understand freedom. There's no such thing as an absolute uh, life free of any kind of restraint or encumbrance. All of us are going to be At the service of something. You know, the New Testament, and I I realize this is a simplification, uh, the New Testament often frames it like this We are either going to be slaves to our bodily passions and our impulses, or we are going to be the servants of God. Give your life, this is how the New Testament frames it, give your life to the gratification of your desires and you're ultimately going to be mastered by them. And that results in addictions, disappointments. It's an exhausting life. Give your life to the service of God and you will be finally free. The yoke that Jesus is speaking about in our lesson this morning is the yoke of obedience to the will of God. Now, we think of the will of God even in our day. We need to really clarify the will of God. We think of the will of God as yet another restraint, another encumbrance that wants to limit us in some way. We can't be be our own people. Everybody, think of it this way. God only wills what will lead to our flourishing, to our ultimate happiness. When you and I place upon ourselves obedience to the will of God, when we will, in other words, what God wills for us, we will choose the things in life that lead to our ultimate flourishing our ultimate happiness. That is why Jesus can say that this yoke, the yoke of obedience to God, who only wants our happiness, is truly light and freeing. You know, you think about our Lord. He spent his entire life in obedience to the will of God. He was yoked to the will of God. And even during his most Profound moments of suffering, he was truly a happy man. And on the cross, I think we can see the words of our Lord in today's lesson on full display. On that cross, Jesus is nailed to the yoke of obedience to the will of God, the yoke of the wood of the cross his arms stretched open as if in invitation saying to all of us come to me come to me and i will give you rest my friends jesus turns away no one who throw themselves at his mercy Jesus only wants to remove from us the burdens of our sins, the burdens of our guilt, the burdens of thinking that it's up to us to map out the course of our lives. That's exhausting. If you throw yourself at the feet of Jesus, the promise in return is always rest and delight for your soul.